Hello, film fans, and welcome to More Movies Weekly, number 46. The show really finds its voice on episode 46. This is the podcast where we like to talk about film, cinema, movies, all that sort of thing. Hollywood, all right, independent film, maybe some foreign films, who knows? My name's Greg Fisher, his name's David Roberts. How are you doing, our Dave? I'm pretty well, sir. I'm pretty damn swell. How are you? I'm not too bad, thanks. Not too bad myself. Uh, Over the last few weeks, we have been talking about um, a lot of the new releases. Um, For as far back as I can remember, we've been talking about new releases. Actually, we haven't done any older films for a while. So this week, I thought uh, we'd go back to the 80s and have a look at Bull Durham. So yeah, Bull Durham, 1988, directed by Ron Shelton, stars Kevin Costner, Susan Sarandon, and Tim Robbins, amongst others. A bit of a classic baseball movie, this one. It was actually voted for by one of our patrons on Patreon. Thank you, Michelle, for voting for this movie. We know you're a big Durham Bulls fan. Um, So yeah, this seemed like a a good good movie to to watch. I have seen it before. I've seen it years and years ago. I think it was a first-time watch for you, was it not, Dave? It was. I've I've never uh, seen it before. I think it, was, it was a bit before my time, uh, and uh, I just wasn't. You know, it, uh, it was an eighties film, and uh, I never caught it when I was a younger because I, I wasn't really into like baseball movies when I was younger. I guess mm-hmm. um, you know that was a very like eighties uh, thing, wasn't it? There's was lots of baseball movies back then. Um, yeah. So I, I, it never really hit me. So yeah, it was a first time watch. Uh, we, we checked it out. It was, uh, it was good fun. It was good fun. And Jimmy Two Times, who got that nickname because he said everything twice, like... I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. Yes, it was. It is. And will be again, no doubt. Um, <laughs> this is a time where Kevin Costner was like the king of Hollywood. He was on top of his game. Um, you know, everything he, everything he starred in was like a hit movie. Um, I, it's also got Susan Sarandon and Tim Robbins, who I think got married after working on this film together. Uh, and I think are still together now. It's one of those famous couples. Um, but funnily enough, the movie itself is kind of a bit of a love triangle going on. Yeah. So, you know, baseball movies, as you pointed out, are a thing, even for Kevin Costner, because the other one, famous one, is Field of Dreams, which Field also Dreams. stars him. The next uh, year, yeah. I remember things like Major League as well with Charlie Sheen, and there was, a, I think, a sequel to that, or at least a couple of sequels. Um there's loads of them. There's like comedy baseball movies. There's like serious biopics, something like 42, which came out the other year with Chadwick Boseman, which is more of a, you know, um, as I say, a biographical picture about, um, you know, actual players and things that happened. This is obviously a fiction with Bull Durham, but I would say this falls more into, it is a comedy, but it falls more into sort of romantic comedy. Yeah, it's a rom-com, definitely, yeah. But not your sort of standard type of rom-com because, you know, as I say, you've got a sort of baseball element wedged in there. So you do get uh, bits, you know, cuts to the games. And it's the whole thing about the Bulls being a bit of an underdog team. They're a minor league baseball team as well, not the majors. And the whole bit is that um, Kevin Costner's come back to basically coach their promising young pitcher uh, who is played by Tim Robbins, and his character's name is Ebby Calvin Lelouch. What a name that is, Lelouch. Hey, Lelouch, which I just find hilarious. Um, 
But uh, Tim Robbins in this film, what is he like? <laughs> yeah, Tim Robbins is great in this as uh, as Nuke. It's a it's a really fun film, and I think it is about the stars, isn't it? It's about uh, Cosner, Sarandon, and um, Robbins, and um, this is kind of before they have their biggest hits, I guess. Um, this is them together in a film before a few years later. I mean, probably Cosner's biggest was probably The Bodyguard and uh, Dances with Wolves. Just a few years later, uh, of course, for Robbins, Shawshank uh, Redemption. And of course, Sarandon would go on. Falman Louise, probably the biggest, uh, a few years later. So this is kind of like them, just a little bit young together in a great film, uh, proving who they are, and uh, they all smash it. Um, it's it's well written. I think that's the key thing of it. You, yeah. you know, the relationships between them. You believe the characters. You believe mm-hmm. the relationships that are going on. The triangle um, and the relationship, Crash and Nuke. You know, the kind of mentor to the to the young stud uh kind of thing it's brilliant kind of the harsh lessons throughout the, the, all the comedy bits of you know, telling the the batter what ball he's going to throw and stuff like that is is all fantastic throughout that, that they're the fun kind of believable characters throughout it and that's what makes it work yeah um you've got this element where kevin costner's character crash davis another great name there crash what a name um, he's brought in to coach the uh, the upcoming young pitcher, Lalouche. But also, Sarandon is, um, it's kind of like she's the central character, really, because she follows the team about as straight away at the start. She says, um, I worship at the altar of baseball. So she's kind of like, in a way, she's her own sort of coach herself, yeah. or at least a mentor, because the whole idea is to get uh, Lalouche into the majors, isn't it? He's being groomed to go to the major yeah. leagues, um, to the show, as they call it. I'm going to the show. Costner's obviously on the other end of his career where, you know, um, did he ever make it to the – I don't think he ever made it to the big leagues himself. He was like a minor league star. He he, he, he did. Uh, he said on the coach, if you remember, at one point he goes, I was there for 20 days. Oh, there we go. <laughs> he was there for 20 days. Hardly enough time to even throw a pitch. But um, he's a catcher, but also he's got uh, he's almost uh, coming up on the record of minor league home runs as well. So there's that element to it. It's kind of cool. But they're both trying to sort of um, mentor uh, Tim Robbins' character. She's doing it from the bedroom. Obviously, yeah. Costner is doing it from the baseball diamond. Um, and there is a massive sexual tension, of course, between Costner's character and Sarandon's as well. Uh, so that creates this love triangle, but um, that that makes for some fun viewing. That makes for some fun stuff. Like you've said before, this movie absolutely stinks of the eighties. Yeah, and it stinks of Americana as well. Yes, absolutely. But as I said to you after we'd watched it, for me the central theme of Bull Durham is men's lib. Yeah, rather than women's lib. <laughs> It's like men's lib. Um, case in point, when they're all sort of stood around the mound discussing their problems and the coach sends his like, uh, number two out there to find out what's going on. And he's like, what the hell's going on here? And they're like, you know, well, he's got a problem with this. He's pissed off about yeah. that. And it's like this whole, you know, they're like a knitting circle in a way. Right. We're yeah. dealing with a lot of shit. 
venting off about their problems. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, the whole sort of like sexual revolution that will have happened in the 80s and stuff as well, where, you know, things have become a lot more liberal. Things are, uh, it's a different decade. It's a different era for a lot of different things. And in a way, this is kind of like, um, it's got strong central character, a uh, uh, female character in Sarandon because she's a complete boss. She doesn't take any mess in. She's all over it, you know. <laughs> and um, it's the men really that are dancing around her. And um, Costner's character won't kind of dance to her tune for quite a while, even though he's kind of crazy about her and she's crazy yeah. about him, really. But um, you know, they've got this. Uh, this mission between them to, to get Lelouch to the majors and therein is the sort of plot of the film really. But yeah, but yeah, I find it like um, quite a sort of like men's lip film in the, in terms of this is one of the first American movies we'll see where, you know, men are dealing with these issues from a sort of non-macho element, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that way, isn't it? Because it kind of contrasts, you know, the kind of, well, they try to say uh, macho sport. I don't think baseball's a very macho sport myself, but it kind of uh, gives that uh, thing if it's a sport movie. So there's that kind of natural inclination of it being macho. But as you say, it's very, like, interpersonal about the the players and their, their being emotional and their, it's more liberating for them. Um so it's an interesting kind of contrast. Yeah, absolutely. It's got a great um, supporting cast as well. We've got Trey Wilson in there as the coach, as Skip. He's always good. <laughs> I always remember him in uh, Raising Arizona as Nathan Arizona. Very absolutely. good. Uh, Robert Wool as his second in command as Larry. He's always funny. I remember him from Batman 1989. Um, great actor of the day. Certainly good wisecracker comes up with some real funnies. But, um, you know, the, a, a lot of the comedy in the film comes from Tim Robbins, really, doesn't it? And his uh, iconic performance as Lelouch, really. Yeah, it's uh, it's hilarious. He's, he's great in it. He kind of really sets the stall down of what he can do here, really. Um, you can see it's a kind of breakout performance for him, really, that's like, okay, this guy's funny gets tied to the bed and she reads Walt Whitman to him all night long. <laughs> oh, she read poetry to me all night. It's more tiring than fucking. And this is what I mean about, you know, it's like men getting in touch with their more sort of feminine side. Things like yeah, poetry yeah. there and things like that, you know. Um, she's tried to sort of draw this side of them out in terms of them not thinking too much, don't think too much. That's the whole mantra, isn't it? Don't think, just just feel, just, just do, do it. Yeah. But yeah, baseball movies, that's a thing. And Bull Durham has got to be one of the uh one of the one of the major leaguers. Uh I think we have an article up on the website as well, our top nine baseball movies for anyone of fans of baseball movies wants to check that out. Um we'll put a link in the description below. Bull Durham is certainly one of them. Um, got some absolutely iconic scenes. I love that scene where uh, they're out in the alleyway um, uh, behind the bar, sorry. You know, and it's like, uh, I'm betting you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat. <laughs> From what I hear, you couldn't hit water if you fell out of a fucking boat. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there we go. I mean, what's your favorite baseball movie? Let us know in the comments below. Um, but yeah, other than that, Dave, I think we're all struck out.
So yeah, talking about baseball, right? I want to tell you a little story here. This is a softball, right? It ain't soft. It's really hard, in fact. Just like a, <laughs> just like any other baseball. I think the difference, the major difference is it's it's a lot bigger than a baseball. But um, I've had this mitt and this softball for years. Somebody went to Canada uh, that I knew years ago, and they brought me it back as a sort of a, a little uh, prezi there. So I've always had it, um, kept it for years. And about, I don't know, 10, 11, maybe 12 years ago, I went out to the field down here at the park with a friend of mine and this other guy who was a neighbor at the time who had a baseball bat and the three of us went over to the field, one baseball bat, my softball, softball mitt, um, just to have a little bit of um, a bat around and a catch and all that. So um, one of us was was pitching one of us was batting and the other one had the glove and was catching. And that was, that was just what we did. Just an afternoon of fun on a sunny day down in the park. So turns around my turn, my turn to pitch. And this guy who's my neighbor with the baseball bat, he was batting and my friend was catching. And um, anyway, pitched the softball at him. He whacked the ball as hard as he could. I mean, like, you know, without any thought, just like gave it so much welly, bang. And the thing flew towards me in the crotch area. Before I could even do anything, it was like, it was there, bang, hit me right in the crotch, check me out, lying on the field for, for the next 20 minutes going, <laughs> not able to talk. So... I've always found it funny that they call it a softball because that's the last thing it is. The last thing it is is soft. And Jimmy Two Times, who got that nickname because he said everything twice, like... I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. You would not... I mean, to be honest, I, I did. I, I got over it. I recovered. I was all right after half an hour or so. I, if it hit me in the face, it would have broke my nose or bust my teeth or something. So in a, in a funny way, I was kind of grateful that it didn't. But that leads me on to talking about um weekend just gone i watched jackass forever so this is the fourth installment of jackass to come along um i think it's 20 years after they made the first film so they're all like in their late 40s maybe even early 50s some of them now johnny knoxville and that um still at it obviously not all of them one of them's died uh bam margera was fired off the project before it got going properly so he wasn't in it so they've kind of replaced a few of those guys with new young fresh meat so to speak but they're doing the same sort of thing again the reason i mention it is in one part of it one of them wears a cup and has one of the uh fastest softball pitchers in the game i can't remember her name now but hopefully we'll play a clip of it here and she she basically pitches at him in the groin area but he's wearing a cup, you know, so the whole thing is, you know, 
he just takes one and takes one for the team, as they say. The softball. Nothing soft about this fucking ball. It's just bigger. She's got this amazing like um, technique where she's like swinging her arm backwards and un- <laughs> you know throwing it underneath. <laughs> I, and anyway, it brought tears to my eyes watching it because of that story I've just told you, where it actually <laughs> happens. I wasn't wearing a cup because <laughs> I wasn't expecting to get whacked like that. Um, and plus, he was like batting it as well, so I got it. Uh, but after watching this jackass film, I was like, oh, my God, I know how much that hurts. <laughs> so, I mean, it's any good, jackass? I mean. It's pretty much more of the same, you know, got yeah. the same silly, crazy stunts. It's, you know, it's it's a load of guys getting their willies out and, yeah. you know, doing strange things to one another. Um, a lot of um, stunts and um, pranks and uh, p- pretty much more of the same, you know. I mean, even Johnny Knoxville even gets, like, uh, knocked over by a bull in it again and taken away in an ambulance, you know. It's like <laughs> he seems to do it every movie, gets flipped by a bull. But yeah. um, it's kind of one of them where you think, if if you loved Jackass back in the day, you'd watch it and probably get something out of it. But if you weren't mad crazy about it, it it's just a little bit like, oh, God, you know, these guys, it's a bit pathetic them still doing it at this age. Yeah, I'm, I was surprised they're still doing it because I, I saw the first one back in the day and I know it, it was crazy for a while, wasn't it? It was like Jackass was biggest nothing, biggest, you know. biggest show on MTV at the time. Yeah. It was and massive. Then, um, and then it seems to just disappear quietly, but it's obviously still been going on. Yeah. over the years in, in its various forms. I think because it, yeah. it, it, it sort of evolved in a time uh, pre, uh, pre-internet, pre really, pre-phones yeah. and everything anyway, and viral videos and everything that we're kind of familiar with now, it was it was like videotape days. They were all sort of like half of them were like skateboard guys and they're like band Margera yeah. and stuff like that. But it's it seems to be like, you know, time comes around they must all need another paycheck so <laughs> they put themselves in the line of fire again but um you know there's some stuff in there's one where they're, they're all in this they get locked in this room and um and they think there's a rattlesnake in there with them which there isn't it's just johnny knoxville throwing a rubber snake at them and hitting them with a like a taser but um you know it's it's a bit silly maybe you know it's it's one of them it, it was maybe funny 20 years ago but 20 years on, it's, it's a little bit sad, really, a bit pathetic. But, yeah, for fans of that sort of thing, they'll probably enjoy it. I think it's probably a little bit much of a much this these days, so uh, it's missable. In, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't give it a top score. They've done their best work. <laughs> okay, so just some movie news. Uh, firstly, uh, picking up on something we talked about back on Weekly 43, uh, Amazon obviously purchasing MGM we spoke about back then yeah and of course one of the franchises they picked up is James Bond in that big mega deal well uh, it was interesting because this month uh, April James Bond all the films are landing on Amazon Prime video. even the, even the brand new one even the new one No, no Time, Time to Die is going to be on there oh interesting uh, which is big news um, obviously but I also noticed um, I was just scrolling through Odeon film showings um, yesterday, and it looks like James Bond is coming back to the cinema um, for the May month at least to start. What, with. Uh, no time to die, you mean? Yeah, no time to die is getting a re-release uh, in the cinemas. 
as well as some of the older uh, James Bonds as well. So oh, right. Doctor No, yeah. Thunderball, On a Magic Secret Service, uh, a lot of the early Sean Connery films uh, seem to be coming out at the pictures. Um, and this made me think of, we, we mentioned what the strategy might be from Amazon. Are we still going to get cinematic releases? What's going to be their approach? We, we discussed in that episode. And so this might be a little indication of, okay, Amazon's prepared to not only put all the catalogue on their streaming platform, but put it out into the cinemas and take that approach as well and um, use up some of their older catalogue, uh, which I thought was really interesting. It is interesting. I mean, the, the old Connery films and stuff, a lot of people, um, you know, new generations won't have seen them in the on the big screen. I know I certainly haven't seen any of the Connery exactly. films. I don't think I've even seen any of the Roger Moore films on the big screen. That's interesting. Do you know if that's just with Odeon then, or is that uh, they're going to release in other cinema chains as well? I'm not sure. I haven't uh, looked that deeply into it. Um, I've only looked at the Odeon. But it would, I, I would take a guess um, that it will be across um, cinemas, because usually when these things happen, um, certainly like the anniversary film releases, like The Godfather recently, that was across all chains and stuff. Yeah. So I would imagine if they're taking that approach... It's probably across multiple franchises, you would imagine. Yeah. Selected theatres. But it's something we've talked about a lot in terms of it'd be really great to get old films back into the cinema so you get a chance yeah. to see things that you couldn't see because you were too young at the time and it's 30 years ago and you know you weren't born and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I'd certainly love to see Goldfinger on the big screen. That's probably mm. my favourite Bond, uh, Sean Connery Bond. Or uh, maybe uh, Diamonds Are Forever as well. I like that one. Yeah, there's a few from that period. I'd love to see from Russia with Love, actually, as well, because that's one of my favourites. I'd love to see that on the big screen. It's classic, Um, isn't it? But, yeah, it'd be great because we've never had the opportunity, of course. We weren't born when they came out. So to to be able to go and watch them on the big screen would be a wonderful experience. Definitely, Uh, and as you said, uh, something we've talked about before and sort of said we wish happened more often, so... uh, that's, that's cool. I'd, I'd definitely go and see one or two of them, definitely. So that's coming in May, is it? Uh, May is the start, the start of some of the films. I'm, what I'm assuming will happen is they'll do a first batch and then maybe the month after you'll get some more or something like that, you know. Some more. Be Roger Moore. Roger Moore. <laughs> I must warn you, I'm Roger Moore. Oh. Roger Moore. And just another quick item, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Sonic 2 has just come out at the pictures, of course. Um, While its opening weekend has broken the record again for a video game adaptation at the cinema, breaking the record set previously by Sonic the Hedgehog 1, um, it's made the most money for any film that's a video game adaptation. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... Prior to these Sonic the Hedgehog films, it was the Mario Brothers film um, from yeah. back in 1990. Or like so that. none of the Mortal Kombat's managed. To- I don't think they broke any uh, box office records, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it seems like it's been a smash hit. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog. Are you a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog? I used to like the game, the first game, you know, um, I mean, going back all those days, like Sega Mega Drive, the first Sonic yeah. game. And I can't admit to have ever having played it ever since. 
Um, I didn't really fancy the film when it came out. It just didn't seem like my sort of thing. I do like Jim Carrey and stuff, uh, but I just didn't really gravitate towards it. But have since found out, apparently it's very well-regarded film and it's got a really uh, fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, etc. As we found out about when we did our article about um, video game adaptations which you can see on our website. We'll put, again, a link in the description below. But no, I haven't seen the first one. Possibly interested to now just to see it from, a, you know, that point of view, just to get a handle on it and, you know. Yeah, I think I, I, I haven't seen it, and I'd definitely be interested now. I, I've obviously played Sonic in the past, uh, like yourself, but um, I didn't catch it because obviously it just looked like a silly movie. But uh, as you say, now you've seen the critical regard years later and uh, – uh, it's supposed to be a really good film. I, I would be interested to check it out and see. It makes it you just to want it. to watch it just to see, well, all right, then everybody's saying it's so good. It's got really good ratings everywhere. Yeah. It's got a high score and stuff. So it'd be interesting to watch and see why, you know, and maybe come back and think, oh, yeah, that, you know, fair deuce, that was really good. Or either that or come back and think, I don't know why everyone's talking about. There's a load of bollocks. It, it might surprise us a bit like the Paddington films because, of course, before watching the Paddington <laughs> films, I thought, bear films or whatever and then you watch them and go bloody hell they're brilliant <laughs> yeah uh, so. absolutely could be like that and Jim Carrey's usually good in these sort of roles it's good, good bit of fun so yeah I'd give it a watch well that just leaves us enough time to tell you what else we've been up to on the internet and here on our YouTube channel this week we have a reaction to The Outfit starring Mark Rylance Johnny Flynn it's a forthcoming sort of um, I suppose what is it, sort of gangster kind of bottle movie. Some sort of tense drama all takes place within the space of one night in somebody's tailor's outfitting shop, by the look of it. Anyway, if you're interested to uh, check that trailer out and our reaction to it, there is a link in the description below. Absolutely. Uh, We've also got a review up uh, this week on the website and, of course, here on the channel, Film and Five. It's Studio 666. Um, Greg has reviewed that film uh, fantastically. And, uh, yeah, there'll be a link in the description down below for you to check that out. We also have an article, our top five Michael Curtiz films. He's a director that uh, kind of old school, um, early 20th century, early to mid 20th century director, but done some of the most uh, iconic movies ever produced in that golden era. So that's another one to add to our ever-growing collection of top five directors articles. Again, you can check that out on our website. There's a link in the description below. Absolutely. And if you would like to listen to us in audio-only format, uh, we're there across the major podcast platforms. That's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc. Uh, so you can check them out with the link in the description down below. And why not join us on social media? We are at More Movies For You on all the major social media platforms. Come and say hi to us on Twitter or Instagram or one of those. Uh, We also have a Discord server, so if you want to come and have a live chat with us over there, all these links are in the description below. And if you enjoy what we're doing here on the channel and would like to support us, you can pop on over to buymeacoffee.com, buy us a cappuccino, frappe, latte, whatever you'd like. That helps us uh, keep things going, and we really appreciate it. Or you can jump over to Patreon and subscribe to one of our Patreon packages uh, where you can vote on films that we like to see or films we review. Of course, 
Paul Durham was one of the ones that was voted for by our Patreons this week. Um, so, yeah, if you want to support what we do, you can hop on over there. The links are in the description down below. And there we go, friend. We are at the end of the innings. That's it now. It's a no-score draw for us two. Um, thanks very much for watching, everybody. We really do appreciate your support. Any comments, likes on the videos, donations to the Buy Me A Coffee, and, of course, our wonderful patrons over at patreon.com. We appreciate you all. And that's it for this week, Dave. Any final thoughts before we go? Just, you know, I think we've knocked that out of the park. It's a home run from Dave. Well, that's it for this video. Please leave us a comment and let us know what you thought. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe right here on YouTube. To check out more of our articles and reviews, check out our website, moremovies.co.uk. And why not join us on social media? That's uh, at moremovies for you across the board. You know the score. And if you'd like to support us, consider buying us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com or you can become a More Movies patron over on patreon.com. All the links are in the description below. And to check out more of our filmtastic videos, click one of the buttons on screen now.